Hoopball Podcast listeners. Are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for Hoopball? Do you have aspirations of covering a team? Are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones? Well, we've got good news. Hoopball's recruiting. If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. And welcome in to the latest edition of the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by HoopBall and the HoopBall Podcast Network. I am your host, Damian Barling, and I thank you so much for tuning in, and I thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your Sacramento Kings coverage. Uh, the Sacramento Kings are in the news today, unfortunately, uh, not because the season is on the verge of renewing, not because uh, we're going to get a vote here from the Board of Governors uh, on Thursday, but because uh, their play-by-play announcer, Grant Napier, has resigned uh, from his position that he has had, I believe for 30 years, he's had that position the entire time that the Sacramento Kings have been in Sacramento. Uh, he's also been fired from his job uh, at their affiliate station, KHDK. Uh, this come on the heels of uh, uh, DeMarcus Cousins uh, tweeting at Grant Napier asking for uh, his comments on Black Lives Matter and Grant Napier just taking the bait, man. Hook, line, and sinker. Uh, responded with something along the lines of, hey, man, how you doing? I thought you forgot about me. All caps, all lives matter. Uh, so as I start to settle my voice down here and we get into the show, I have no idea why I'm talking to you like I'm a newscaster. I certainly am not. Uh, but I appreciate you for tuning in. I'm always delicate uh, with the Sacramento Kings podcast because I understand you tune in for Sacramento Kings coverage. And uh, many people, there's a, there's a great deal of crossover, which I'm greatly appreciative of, of the people who, who listen to my daily podcast, the podcast with Damian Barling, and the people who listen to the Sacramento Kings podcast. I also understand there are Kings fans who want Kings news and don't want all the extra stuff that comes with me. But in order to properly tell this story, I feel I need to tell you a couple of things. One, I worked at KHDK for about four years. Uh, but but um, Maybe a little closer to three years. At least as a full-time employee, I worked there for three years. Uh, Grant and I didn't get along. We had very different values. Uh, we had very different opinions on things. Uh, we had very different ways in which the way that uh, in which the way we approached uh, being coworkers. And um, you know the, the the question that comes out of all of this. So I guess let's let's just kind of backtrack, slow down here a little bit, and let's go back to the original remark that uh, is ultimately led to his dis- dismissal. The all lives matter all caps, in relations to DeMarcus Cousins. If, if you don't understand the, what All Lives Matter means in terms of its response to Black Lives Matter, I don't know that I can explain it to you in a way that you would actually accept. Because I feel like you know what it means, and when I say you, I'm not speaking to you specifically. Let me rephrase that. I feel like people know what it means. They just make the decision of whether uh, they accept that uh, explanation or not. And when the term Black Lives Matter was formed, when you understand the original connotation behind Black Lives Matter, it started when Trayvon Martin was murdered. When Trayvon Martin was, uh, was murdered by a civilian who was some, you know, vigilante cop wannabe or something like that. And a young woman out of Oakland tweeted, please stop killing young black teenagers. Our lives matter too. 
Black Lives Matter too. That's where the phrase was born. The phrase Black Lives Matter became a movement several years later when Michael Brown was murdered by a police officer in Ferguson. And that's when the line Black Lives Matter turned into the movement that is Black Lives Matter. It was never Black Lives Matter more than yours. It was never that Black Lives Matter more than Hispanic lives and Asian lives and white lives and everybody else's lives. Black Lives Matter the most. It was never that. It was please stop murdering us. Our lives matter too. Black Lives Matter too. And... Some people took that and decided, well, we don't want it to be just Black Lives Matter. As a matter of fact, I think the police force took it first, and they decided, well, Blue Lives Matter too, damn it, so we're going to be Blue Lives Matter. And then other people stepped in and said, well, wait a minute, everybody's life matters, so it should be all lives matter. And the best way I can explain it to people who don't listen to my daily podcast is this. Every year, every, what is it, I think it's October, we have Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and we bring attention to breast cancer. At no point has anybody stood up and said, hey, how come you're not talking about testicular cancer? How come you're not talking about pancreatic cancer? How come you're not talking about throat cancer? How come you're not talking about skin cancer? This is bull crap. All cancers matter. No, it's, it's, it's to focus on one particular form of cancer that plays a very, very high portion of our population. Breast Cancer Awareness Month. All right, then. Black Lives Matter is essentially the same exact thing. Whether you choose to accept that or not, that's not my issue. That's yours. That's what Black Lives Matter is. So when you say all lives matter, it's an attempt to demean what Black Lives Matter actually stands for. Now, one thing that I really disliked about Grant Napier, and one thing that I, one of the, one of the several things that I could never respect about him was his antagonistic approach to DeMarcus Cousins. You had the ability to talk about this man. And I understand DeMarcus Cousins is a polarizing individual. All of you who are listening to this podcast has feelings on DeMarcus Cousins. If I asked you your feelings on Kevin Martin, many of you maybe not care. Maybe you, may, maybe you won't care. Maybe if I asked you your feelings on John Salmons, you might not care. There are very few people, if anybody, that thinks, you know, thinks about DeMarcus Cousins and goes, I just don't care. Everybody has an opinion on him. They either love him or they hate him. The difference between you and I, the difference between us, the difference between fans and a person in the position of Grant Napier is Grant Napier actually works for the Sacramento Kings. If he has an opinion about DeMarcus Cousins when DeMarcus Cousins is on the team, he has the ability to share it. He has the ability to tell DeMarcus Cousins about himself to his face. But for years, year after year after year after year, he chose not to. If you recall, I believe it was anywhere from seven to ten days before DeMarcus Cousins was traded to New Orleans. Both James Hamm and Mark Stein wrote lengthy reports with quotes from general manager Vlade Divac with Vlade saying, DeMarcus Cousins is going to be a part of our future. We're working on a long-term contract extension. DeMarcus Cousins is going to be a member of the Sacramento Kings. Grand Napier had absolutely nothing negative to say about DeMarcus Cousins in that time period. DeMarcus Cousins was, was going to be a part of the franchise and Maybe if he matured a bit and if he rolled along, it would be great for everybody. Okay? I recall the night the trade rumors started happening. If you remember, I, I'm, sure we all, I'm sure all of you remember very well. It was happening during the All-Star game. And there started to be conversations like, wait, wait, is DeMarcus Cousins traded to New Orleans? Remember, the All-Star game was in New Orleans. And it was like, wow, is this really happening? Like, is DeMarcus Cousins really being traded seven days after the general manager 
told both local and national media he wasn't going to be. Okay, this is this is wild. I don't know. I, I I don't know exactly what Grant Napier was doing, but I believe he was flying because I I think he said something uh, uh, along the lines of, you know, I I've got to turn my phone off. I got to go. Uh, and I'll never, ever forget this. He said, consider the source of the report before you believe these rumors. <laughs> the report was coming from Adrian Wojnarowski. Like, dude, are you kidding me? Like, Grant Napier had hung on to the, to the first and 10 thing that Woj tweeted about the Kings move to Seattle, you know, for years as if Woj wasn't a credible reporter, as if the Sacramento Kings weren't inches away from moving. Consider the source. You've got to be freaking kidding me. But when the plane lands... And old Grant Napier's phone comes back on. Boy, his testicles grew in size. Oh, he had everything he wanted to say about DeMarcus Cousins, and he had it ready to fire off. Because DeMarcus Cousins wasn't going to be at the practice the next day. He trashed DeMarcus Cousins for years. Years. I thought his behavior was so out of line. I went to the general manager of our radio station and expressed my concern and embarrassment about the way he conducts himself with former members of the Kings. Because what, what you're taught when you're at KHTK is you've got to respect the franchise. They don't ask you to pander. It's implied that you should pander, but they've never, or I should say this as it pertains to me. They've never asked me to pander to the Kings, but it was always implied. But man, DeMarcus, and I, and this is what I was told. This is, this is word for word what I was told. Uh, it's just Grant being Grant. Like, yeah, man, but the optics of this are incredibly inappropriate. He trashed DeMarcus Cousins on his way out. He trashed Chris Webber on his way out. He's had horrible stuff to say about Bobby Jackson. Like, the optics of this are really, really bad. Nah. It's just Grant being Grant. Okay. Well, I can't do nothing about it. So, I don't want to say I started... Repping for DeMarcus Cousins, but I would change my tone a little bit about DeMarcus Cousins. I followed him a little closer. When he did things well in New Orleans, I made sure I pointed that out. And I was completely sympathetic for him when he tore his ACL, or when he tore his uh, Achilles, excuse me. I, f I mean, I would feel horrible that happening to any athlete. I just, DeMarcus was playing so well. The, 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 the Pelicans were rolling. And so the irony, the irony in DeMarcus Cousins being the guy who has essentially ushered Grant Napier out of Sacramento has not been lost on me. Grant Napier's inability to let go of his personal vendetta with DeMarcus Cousins, his personal vendetta that he has created, his inability to let that go led to his downfall. His inability to let his hatred for DeMarcus Cousins go led to his termination. Here's another thing I want you to understand because I do realize there are a lot of people who are listening to this who don't agree with the firing of Grant Napier. Or, I'm sorry, <clears throat> he resigned from one. You know what that means. He was fired from the other. And that's, that's okay. Forgive me if I just, uh, how about his, his, his dismissal or his, he, he's no longer, you know, in these two positions. I realize there are a lot of people who don't understand why All Lives Matter is so offensive. I, I understand there are a lot of people that don't care why All Lives Matter is so offensive and they believe that Grant Napier should just, he should just have another opportunity. He should, it should be okay. He should, he, he should be able to learn from his mistakes. Where are we as a people that we can't learn from our mistakes? I'm, I'm using those lines because I've, those things have been mentioned to me on social media. And the fact is, this isn't an isolated incident. 
this is a, a pattern. If I, I'm going to steal a line from Michael Scott. Remember the, uh, the deposition episode? This is a pattern of disrespect. It's a pattern of disrespectful behavior. It's a pattern of remarks that have underlying racial connotations to them. Whether it's all lives matter or it's not acknowledging the fact that the franchise that has employed you for 30 years struck up a partnership with Build Black and Black Lives Matter in Sacramento. It's not acknowledging that the dude who sits across from you every single day was a catalyst behind the Sacramento Kings starting a social justice initiative. He refused to acknowledge this other than a a company-wide retweet. I have no sympathy for Grant Napier. I hold, I no longer hold any ill will towards him. And I explained that in a lengthy episode yesterday on the podcast. I, I, I don't hold any ill will toward, towards him. But I don't have any sympathy for him either. All I could say to Grant Napier is I hope he learns from this. I'm not confident at 60 years old that, I'm not confident that Grant Napier fully understands what, what he's done wrong. I'm not confident that Grant Napier fully understands the, the, you know, the racial overtones in which he has projected himself you know, over the, 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 the air uh, on, on KHTK for the last many years. I've worked that 3 o'clock shift. My approach to radio is significantly different than Grant Napier's approach to radio. The way I choose to be inclusive in my approach is different than Grant. And there's nothing wrong with different. Radio stations should be different. You shouldn't have two local shows that are exactly the same. You should not have that. You should have a lot more than two local shows as well. But that's just my opinion. When I worked in his, when I, when I sat in on a shift, when I did that three o'clock shift, when him and Doug weren't around or, 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 or back before Doug started and I was just filling in for him because he was, he was traveling or on vacation or whatever it may be, the tone, in, the tone of his audience was drastically different than when uh, Jason and I and Jason, Ken and I and Chris began hosting the lowdown at 12 o'clock. And that's because people saw Grant Napier for what he was. Grant Napier has underlying racial tones to every single thing that he says as it pertains to sports, particularly any negative criticism he has in sports. You can go back and look at any recent issue, whether it's the Colin Kaepernick issue, whether it's the Stephon Clark issue, uh, whether it's his uh, you know conversations about black quarterbacks in the NFL, whether it's the way he defended Donald Sterling, questioning whether Donald Sterling was actually racist because he employed black people. It's not an isolated incident that has led to Grant Napier's departure from the Sacramento Kings and from KHDK. It's not isolated. There is a long line of this type of behavior. So Grant Napier is out. Many people on social media are very happy. Many people on social media are very upset. Social media is a small microcosm of the world. It's a very, despite that it often feels overwhelming and sometimes it feels overwhelming because we spend so much time in it. Social media is not the real world, and it's not a real-world sample size. There are 17,000 fans who fill the arena every single game. And the Sacramento Kings had to make a decision. They had to make a decision on whether we're willing to alienate the African-American audience that populates this place. We had to make a decision, and speaking as the Sacramento Kings, the Sacramento Kings had to make a decision on whether they were 
willing to deal with potential uh, fallback from players. And while I don't have this access, I got enough text messages over the last couple of days to believe there are players on the team currently, not just former players, not just Chris Weber, not just Matt Barnes, not just DeMarcus Cousins. There are players currently on the team who said, Mm-mm, this ain't going to work. I can tell you from my personal conversations, this isn't a localized Sacramento story. Well before the announcement of the resignation, this was a league-wide story. This was being talked about on conference calls. This was being talked about in meetings. I don't know how much of that stuff was relayed to the people who made the decision for the Sacramento Kings or uh, helped influence Grant Napier in making his decision, but I can tell you if it hadn't, it would have been. Grant Napier's behavior for years has been unacceptable. Whether it's his treatment of former players, it is embarrassing when the first guy on your television show, he is the afternoon host on the only local sports station in this market. You can't get the star players from your franchise to appear on his show. Chris Webber will not come on his show. It's, 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 an, it's, it's fascinating to me that, and God bless Doug Christie, that Chris Webber agreed to do the radio show one day in Tahoe with Doug Christie as long as Grant Napier took his headset off and walked away and was completely out of sight. He didn't want anything to do. He was going to sit down and talk to his old partner, DC. Absolutely. Great radio. But he would only do it if Grant left. That's a problem. It's a problem to have that type of person represent your franchise. When was the last time Mitch Richmond was on the Grant Napier show? The greatest players in the Sacramento Kings area shouldn't be alienated from that. Let me, sorry. The greatest black players in the Sacramento Kings area shouldn't be alienated away from that show. Greg Napier was like the only person on the planet who questioned Bobby Jackson's heart. I'm sorry, what? Bobby Jackson, are we talking about the same Bobby Jackson? This is, this is long overdue. And... I might be recording this podcast a little bit too close to the announcement of the news because, again, I know there are a lot of people who feel the exact same way I do, and I know there are a lot of people who don't feel the way that I do. And I want to be respectful to everybody and present the story. Part of my job on this podcast is to present my opinion. I like to use this Sacramento Kings format to present like news and have discussions about it. Um, This stuff just happened today. It's still raw, and I I feel how I feel. I've been measured in the way that I've talked about Grant Napier over the course of the last couple of days. But this had to be done. His resignation and his termination was a must for both companies. And so now that the question is going to be, you know, who fills that slot? Uh, from a terms of a radio perspective, uh, I, th- I think actually from both perspectives, I think there's a, a, a you know, I, I don't know how much experience Deuce Mason was able to gather up there in the G League, and I'm not sure, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure how comfortable he is to move to the big stage. I think he should absolutely get an opportunity. He's already in the team's uh, affiliate program. I'm not, 
you know, I, I think he should get an opportunity to at least interview for the job. I, I don't know. I, I would suspect that the Kings are going to have a hand in who works the afternoon shift on 1140, given that that was Grant Napier's position. Um, in the meantime, um, Doug Christie is phenomenal. Doug Christie is going to shine in this role. Doug Christie uh, should be the lead uh, in the show. And I know I, I, I listened a, a, a very little bit uh, today. And uh, I know Jason was kind of leading the conversation. And, 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 and Doug is generally more comfortable in chair number two and allowing the car to be driven and him just going along for the ride and you know adding his expertise. Doug is one of the best storytellers I've ever heard. He's phenomenal. And as a member of the Grant Napier show with Doug Christie, I can tell you, because of my experiences in hosting shows with him, you have gotten a fraction, like a tiny fraction of how great Doug Christie is on the air. Doug is going to be a phenomenal radio show host if they allow him to be. And I I guess I should also preface this as Doug Christie is going to be a phenomenal radio show host if he wants to be. Again, he's pretty comfortable in chair number two, and he likes going along there for the ride, but he has the ability to be great. He is a great storyteller. He is very engaging, and now he has the opportunity to establish his voice. Ultimately, I believe the person that he's paired with on television will make their way into 1140. I think that's, I I assume that that's part of the deal that they have there. But for now, as the Sacramento Kings go through this process, and honestly, if if if, if I'm right in my assessment of Deuce, you put Deuce right there with 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 Doug. I'm sure there's a way you could fit Morgan in there too. But I, I you know, having if Deuce gets an opportunity, uh, you know, to uh, to step out there and do this, and I, and and again, I, I don't know how Deuce feels about this. I text him right before I started recording, like, man, I hope they I hope they give you a look at this because. You know, that's what the G League is for. It's not just for players. It's for the broadcast team as well. And I was able to, I'm sure like a lot of you, I was able to watch Deuce and Mo a little bit. I think he's only done it for like maybe a year, maybe two. Well, it's maybe a couple years. Give him a shot. He's, all, he's obviously, you know, phenomenal at radio already. You slide Deuce in there to work with Doug. It's perfect. So you could have Deuce go in there in the meantime while, uh, while the Sacramento Kings look for their look for their radio position, you can't you can't put Jason on every freaking show for God's sakes. So you know I I, I don't know where this is going to go, um, but the Kings acted swiftly, and I think that was the right call. I think everything that the Kings done, the Kings have done, and then, here's another question I've been asking myself is, as I've stated to you before, this isn't new behavior from Grant. This is on brand with Grant Napier's Twitter behavior which is another thing that I find incredibly disrespectful. I think his Twitter, Grant Napier is the equivalent of a high follower Twitter troll. The way he speaks to people, I think is just awful. But he couldn't help himself. He had to clap back at DeMarcus Cousins. And I, I can't figure out, is it the timing of that remark in terms of you know, what we're dealing with, with George Floyd and what's going on with protests across this country? Or is it... The fact that it was DeMarcus. Because if DeMarcus had just been, you know, Twitter follower one, two, three, would the reaction have been the same? I think the reaction, you know, became what it became because he tweeted that at DeMarcus, because he tweeted it at DeMarcus. Chris Weber picked it up. Matt Barnes picked it up. It circulated all over across the NBA. 
And that's where it became a problem for Grant Napier. You got to be careful what you tweet, man. And he, and, 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 and again, I, I know I used this word earlier. The irony that it is, is personal vendetta against DeMarcus Cousins that has ultimately led to his departure from the Kings is just phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. So where the Kings go from here, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure where the Kings go from here in terms of a broadcast team. I'm not sure where the Kings go from here as a basketball team, given the fact that we should have an announcement here pretty soon within the next couple of days, depending on when you're listening to this, about whether or not, uh, or we know at least, we have a pretty good idea that the season is going to return. What we're going to learn is what format is the season going to return in, and will the Sacramento Kings be a part of it? It seems there's a strong push for a 20 team return or potentially a 22 team return in some sort of uh, regular season slash play-in slash playoff format. There was also a a heavy amount of discussion with general managers and coaches as well that perhaps we should just come back with the top 16 teams and the regular season would be over. That would leave the Kings as well as the Pelicans and the Spurs and the Trailblazers uh, three and a half games short uh, to the Memphis Grizzlies. That is a, a, a vote that I, I, I believe Adam Silver has put together his proposal. I assume it's probably going to be leaked uh, sometime on Wednesday, meaning the proposal that Adam Silver is presenting is going to be leaked, and we're going to know what the Board of Governors and the general managers and everybody is voting on on Thursday. That has to be approved by the Players Association, and we're one step closer to professional basketball. Another question that I've asked you know, kind of through all of this, and, and this does kind of pertain to today's news regarding the Sacramento Kings, is how do you work in broadcast teams? Meaning, like if it's a playoff situation, are we just talking about TNT and ESPN and you know the, the, the affiliate stations like NBA TV and so on? Another question, like are broadcasters actually broadcasting from the bubble in which appears to be, you know, the Walt Disney Resort in Orlando? Or are they broadcasting remotely from television studios like the NBC Sports Television Studio in San Francisco? Do you have both a radio broadcaster and a television broadcaster? Because what I think ultimately the NBA wants to do is limit as many people as possible. So was there a situation where, you know, in in the example of the Sacramento Kings, and I don't mean this because of the Grant Napier news, I mean this because this could be a league-wide situation for non-nationally televised games if some sort of regular season returns, is, is Gary Gerald doing the radio call, which gets dubbed, you know, which gets, you know, broadcast over also the television call? Normally, they have radio guys do that because broadcasting on radio is a little bit different than broadcasting on television, so it translates easier. The radio broadcast translates easier over to television than the television broadcast over to radio because with the television broadcast, you let the picture tell the story. and You add your accents, and you've got, you know, uh, Del Christie there telling, you know, telling the story of what's going on or, you know, whoever the analyst is, and... With the radio, I mean, we've all heard G-Man. We've heard radio broadcasters across the country. They're describing, you know, we're going from left to right. They're taking the dribble. Like, they're explaining everything that's happening at a very rapid pace. So having a television broadcast crew also broadcast over the radio wouldn't have the same effect as the other way around. 
again, this is all under my assumption that they're trying to limit as many people as possible because remember, they're also talking about allowing families to be a part of this, uh, you know, a certain number of family members, which uh, that number hasn't been made privy to us. I don't even know that they've settled on it. That's the number that they're going to have to settle on here pretty quickly once this thing gets announced. And it, I, I believe, you know, all indications are we're days away from this announcement. We are going to have a start date. We're going to know, barring, you know, any catastrophe, or I, I guess in the case of 2020, any more catastrophes, we're going to know when games start. We're going to know when playoffs start and if the two are separate. We're going to know when the NBA finals start, and we're going to know when the NBA finals end. I would think at some point, and, and perhaps in this announcement coming up from Adam Silver, or perhaps coming up in this proposal from Adam Silver uh, uh, on Thursday, perhaps we're also going to know when the draft lottery is, the NBA draft lottery is, and maybe if they've really thought ahead, we might know when next season starts. Because these are all things that they're going to have to work out really quickly. And I also imagine they have plan A, everything's go perfectly. No problems. Plan A, everything goes perfectly. That's what we have. But what if we get started and then, you know, something happens and we've got to hit pause. Or we've got to do this. We've got to do that. Okay, we've got a plan B as well. And then, you know, if you have to work yourself down to plan C, you're probably just ending the season and canceling it and calling it a day. And that's what so much of this has been all about is, you know, how, how can the NBA survive, a, you know, a positive test uh, with a player on a team. How can uh, a team, how can the league uh, survive multiple positive tests? How do they handle it? Uh, what is the requirement to be away from your team um, and different things like that? So there's, it's, it's, it's going to be a big, it's, it's a big, big week uh, for the NBA. It's a big couple of days uh, for the NBA, but I wanted to make sure I jumped on here. Uh, and I, it, you know, it looks like with the re return of the NBA, there's, there's other things to talk about too. I, is is De'Aaron Fox beefing with Marvin Bagley's dad? Did I? I'm, I'm sorry. You guys might have to catch me up on this story. I saw it, but it kind of was happening at the same time the Grant Napier stuff was going on, and I kind of had to pick which one I was going to choose closely, and I chose to follow the Grant Napier situation a little bit closely. Am I missing something? Is Marvin Bagley's dad beefing with De'Aaron Fox, or is De'Aaron Fox beefing with Marvin Bagley's dad? What in the world is happening? And I think we've got to start talking about, you know, I, I guess we can wait till after the season or, or I, I, assuming it's not over, I should say, assuming the season isn't over for the Sacramento Kings. We've got to start talking about what their approach is going to be uh, when the salary cap shrinks. And of course, a lot of it will be speculation until we know what the actual salary cap number is, because Adam Silver has made it clear the salary cap is going to go down and it might go down by as much as $30 million. What does that mean for the Kings? It means max numbers change. It means De'Aaron Fox's contract drastically changes. You know, how do we feel about Marvin Bagley now as this new season approaches and the salary cap is shrinking and, you know, he wasn't healthy last year and we didn't really, you know, he he, he didn't really get the, the opportunity that some of us hoped that he would under Dave Yeager. You know, the Harry Giles situation, of course. You know, so there's a lot of off-season stuff to talk about, but it doesn't appear appear that we're in the off season yet so we've just kind of kind of got to wait that portion out uh and approach everything as it comes uh, i appreciate you so much for tuning in hey you know i am a I, I i love being here as part of the hoop ball podcast network uh, i know i know this is a touchy topic because this isn't a entirely 
a basketball issue. And I know many of you will not be appreciative of, you know, my feelings toward the matter. You may not be appreciative of my feelings towards Grant Napier. Uh, and you may not be appreciative of the way I delivered this message here today. Um, but I do appreciate you listening. I feel how I feel, man. I do believe this is long overdue. It's not like the dude's run got cut short. He's been the Sacramento Kings broadcast. Uh, he's been the Sacramento Kings play-by-play guy, you know, for 30 years or whatever it's been. He's had a run. It's okay to move on. I know change is uncomfortable for everybody, but it's okay to experience change as well. You, you just went through it with Doug Christie, right? The, the, the change that we experienced with Jerry Reynolds' voice no, no longer being there, it's okay. You could do it again. You go through change on KHTK every four freaking months. You go through it again if you still listen to the station. It'd be fine. It's all right. It's, it, it wasn't a career cut short. Like he's, he's fine. It was time. Connect with me. Tell me how you feel. It doesn't bother me. I promise, man. My skin is thick. I have heard it all. 916-888-5898. That's our 24-7 text line. Go ahead and jump in anytime you like to. Uh, 916-888-5898. Of course, you can email me as well. Damien Barling uh, at me.com. If you want to check out the Patreon page, I have tons of podcasts. When I say tons, dude, I mean tons of podcasts. I uh, absolutely, uh, I, I did a lengthy podcast about my relationship with Grant Napier that was meant to be a part of the daily podcast uh, today. But something about it I didn't like, so I chose to just put it on Patreon and, and, and post a different podcast uh, there on the main podcast feed. So if you just want to catch up, if you want the backstory, it is all available for you there uh, at patreon.com. Just search me in your podcast platform. You'll find me uh, there as well if you want to check out the rest of the podcast. Uh, we plan to be back here. We're going to get some news here in the coming days. Uh, so we'll plan to be back here next week on the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by HoopBall and the HoopBall Podcast Network.